So this is my wife, Sarah. This is a picture of her. And she has, of course, many fine qualities. And one of those is that she, she tends not to say too much about herself. She doesn't do a lot of bragging. So it's my job to brag for. This last week, she was recognized by her school district, the Park Hill School District, as the star elementary uh, teacher of the month of October. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Now, Sarah, you know, she's not going to say anything about this, so I will. I'll put it out there on the internet. You know, if it was me, I'd find ways to work it in, right? I'd be like, oh, did you see the stars last night? I saw the big dip. Speaking of stars, guess who's, you know, I'd, you know, I'd figure out how to weave it in there. Sarah, not her, man. And, and in fact, she, she really doesn't like it when people toot their own horn. And it's one of her pet peeves, and I think it's hilarious. Her, her biggest pet peeve is what, what she calls the one-upper, you know what I mean? People who you're in conversation and they hear a story and then they try and sort of one up the story and kind of bring the subject back to them. They just can't let the subject veer off of how awesome they are. They got to bring it back and kind of one up whatever's going on in conversation. Comedian Brian Regan calls this phenomenon the me monster. The me monster. When you're so focused on yourself that you constantly bring the subject back to me, right, to yourself. And uh, in one of my favorite comedy clips of all time, Brian Regan, this comedian, shares the ultimate one-upper that can shut down any and every me monster. Check this out. That's why I have a social fantasy. I wish I was one of the 12 astronauts who have been on our moon. They must love knowing they can beat anybody's story whenever they want. They can sit back quietly at a dinner party while some other person, some me monster, is doing his thing and let him go. Let him run with the line while you be quiet. Oh, really? <laughs> let him have his moment. Yeah, I'm a big traveler. I have my business all. I got my own global enterprise. I got to check on. You know, driving in the Autobahn because I keep a fleet of sports cars over in Zurich. You know, I got a Swiss account that I want to check on. Mount Kilimanjaro expedition might have to cancel that. You know, runways in Aspen are a lot shorter the first time you go in there. You know, you know, the Pacific Rim Company are going to try to take that over. Global enterprise. I walked on the moon. Well, you have the floor, Moonwalker. <laughs> you know, you mentioned driving on the Autobahn. That reminded me. Once I was driving in the Sea of Tranquility. <laughs> in my Lunar Rover. And I, too, was worried about our speed till I remembered, wait, we're the only ones on the moon. Oh, man, I just love that. I love that so much. You know, a lot of times, me is our favorite subject. Former NFL and Hall of Fame wide receiver Terrell Owens famously said, I love me some me. Right? So what are the ways that me attains happiness? I know that's not grammatically correct, but work with me here. What are the ways that, that me attains happiness? That's, that's what we've been spending our series looking on, the pursuit of happiness. And, and a lot of times we, we look for happiness in, in our accomplishments at work and accumulating stuff or seeking pleasure. And, and, and we talked about it's none of those things that lead to happiness. It's investing in relationships, not things that leads to happiness. And not just any relationship, but healthy relationships. And so the second week, we looked at uh, the, the ingredient of forgiveness and how that is so key to any healthy relationship. 
And then last week we talked about what it means to be content and that happiness isn't just a fleeting feeling, but it's, it's, it's a, a deeply seated peace that only God can provide. It's not just an emotion that comes and goes, but rather a deep sense of contentment no matter our circumstances. We've been focusing on Matt Miofsky's book, Happy. Uh, what is it and how to find it? That's what we've kind of based this series on. And I'm very excited to tell you that on Tuesday at 7.30, we're gonna have a live stream with Matt Miofsky and uh, that's gonna be on our Facebook page. You can check that out live. If you miss it, I'll send the recap out in the newsletter on Friday, but I uh, hope you'll join us there and you can ask the author whatever you want. So, so if, if we don't scratch all the itches you had around happiness, you get one more shot on Tuesday at 7.30. And so this week, as we wrap up this series, it's about slaying the me monster. And it's the idea that happiness is a byproduct of choosing God's desires over our own. That's where we're gonna land today. And this instinct to focus on ourselves isn't new. And I get some solace in, in the idea that it's not a, a new problem because we even see it with Jesus' disciples. Right? These are people who had spent years with Jesus. They had a front row seat and they still kind of didn't get it a lot of times. And we're the beneficiaries of that, by the way. We get to see how they handled all this and learn from their example. There was one time where the disciples had a disagreement with some folks that, that were kind of doing some preaching, but they didn't feel like they were kind of in the club or that they had the right to do that. And so they asked Jesus, can we call down fire on these folks? And, and I don't know if you know the, the face palm emoji, right? I just kind of imagine Jesus doing one of these. And then there's another time where two of the disciples and their mom actually were arguing with Jesus about which one would get to sit in the seat of honor and kind of be Jesus' right-hand man. Right? And, and so even the disciples had a problem with the me monster. And these were people who had traveled with Jesus, had had a front row seat for his public ministry. They'd seen Jesus do amazing things and they'd been along for the ride. And then in Luke 9, a shift happens. So that's what we're gonna read from our scripture today. Luke chapter nine, starting with verses one through two. Then Jesus called the 12 together, the 12 being his, his, his closest followers, his disciples, and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. So this, this is a big shift. It's, it's you know, these guys have, have been passively observing Jesus' ministry for a time. And now Jesus is turning over to them. It's as if he's saying, hey, hey, this isn't just for the pros to do here. This is for all y'all to do. That's the Southeast Missouri saying. They're kind of snuck in. All y'all. Now it's your turn. It was time for the disciples to look beyond themselves. And Jesus continues this theme in Luke chapter nine when he tells his disciples something even more shocking. That anybody who wants to follow him wouldn't just receive or benefit from his ministry, but rather they would also do it for others. This is from Luke nine, verses 23 and 24. Then he said to them all, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will save it. Now, if, if, if you were wanting to attract some followers, I'm not sure this would be the way to do it, <laughs> right? Hey, if you're, if you're gonna come with me, it's gonna be a, a tough road. In fact, you're gonna have to lose your life if that's what you're looking to gain, uh, so PR firm kind of could have massaged that message for Jesus a little bit. Somebody should have talked to him. Because normally, if you're wanting to get people to come along with you, then you're wanting to talk about, oh, well, what are the benefits? What's in it for me? 
right? Like when you join AMC Perks, you, you do it because you get perks. Jesus is saying the perks of following me are carrying a cross. Somebody should have told him. This is how we do it, Jesus. If anyone would follow after me, let them score a free 51-ounce drink. All right, apparently not. Apparently not. Jesus is talking about what truly matters, what really makes us happy, what gives meaning to life. And as long as we put me at the center of the universe, we're going to be missing the point. Jesus tells us it's the opposite of most of our instincts. But he came to show us what is truly fulfilling. Elsewhere in scripture, Jesus described his entire purpose this way, to show us what life was really about. This is from John chapter 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. According to Jesus, life in abundance consists of living beyond yourself. This is the opposite of what most of the message we get from our culture is. Consider the six ways to create your own happiness. This is from mindbodygreen.com. Check out this list. So if you wanna have some happiness, start with step one. Write down your achievements. Oh, get a pen, right? Step two, decide to make yourself a priority. Have y'all ever heard the phrase, look out for number one? Uh, <laughs> my, my, I'm gonna send this clip to him. My mentor, I worked for a pastor for 10 years in St. Louis. He's just the best, Michael McIntyre. And he wanted to give a sermon about selflessness one time. And he wanted to call it, look out for number two. <laughs> we were like, dude, you can't do that. You can't do that. And you can tell that I am now comfortable as your pastor because I just snuck a poop joke in the sermon. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good here. Okay, look out for number two. Oh man, That's, join us for our next sermon series. <laughs> look out for number two. I'm cracking myself up here. The cool part about the masks is I assume that's true with all of you now. So number three, fill your day with tiny things you love. Number four, create visuals of your awesomeness. Now, I'm not sure what that would look like, but if you go home and try that, don't text me the picture or anything. Just keep it to yourself. Number five, do something new for you. Treat yourself. And number six, craft your day to create a win. Now, I think actually a lot of this list sounds pretty good. I mean, after all, I love me some me. But, but can you see where the message we get from the world just points it all right back at you? But it ends up empty, friends, because the me monster is insatiable. It's insatiable. Jesus' message, message is the antithesis of focusing on our own awesomeness. And there's a lot of research out there that shows us, as it turns out, Jesus knew what he was talking about. This is uh, from the Wall Street Journal in 2013. The Darwinian principle of survival of the fittest echoes what many people believe about life. To get ahead, you need to look out for number one, but the latest science shows that, in fact, we are also hardwired to be generous. And the former president of the American Psychiatric Association has said, in general, People who help others stop focusing on their own pains and problems and worries and feel good about themselves. It's interesting to me that happiness isn't even really about you or your life. That's what it means to lose your life for Jesus' sake. Now, I don't believe this means we're each called to be a martyr 
It means we live our lives in service to others in Jesus' name. In his book, I think Matt Miofsky summed it up well. There's a God who is up to something more important than making sure our lives work out just the way we want them to. Some of us may have heard of the organization BNI, Business Networking International. I was, uh, uh, somebody brought me along as a guest to check it out one time at the Parkville chapter, and I was really struck by their motto. I mean, they repeat this multiple times every single meeting, and this is one of their founding principles as business people networking together, and it was this, givers gain. Now, I'm a sucker for alliteration, so that stuck with me, but I was, I was really struck by this. Givers gain. As it turns out, according to Jesus, givers gain. So if we want satisfaction from life, if we want to be happy, give your life away. And so when we choose to do that, when we pick up our cross, when we choose to give our lives away, what is it that we gain? The first thing we gain is a new perspective. It was Christmas Eve of 2017, and it started to snow, and I became angry. Because <laughs> we had Christmas Eve services that night, and I'm not gonna call someone up, hey, you guys busy? Oh, I don't know, it's Christmas Eve. Yeah, we got a few things going on. So that meant your boy was gonna get out there with the shovel, which, which I don't mind doing a little work, I'm not above that, but that meant I'd get all sweaty right before church. Just not gonna be a great look for me, right? Uh, so these are the concerns I have that I normally keep to myself. So I go downstairs and into the closet where we have the things like the shovels, and I'm like, oh man, all right, let's do this. Again, this work is not beneath me. I just knew I'd be a mess. I had to bring some spare hair product with me. And as I'm in the basement, I hear the unmistakable sound of a shovel hitting our sidewalk. And I'm like, it's an angel. And one of our faithful folks was out there shoveling the entrance. I could have cried. And that, that may not seem like a huge deal, but this, this was Christmas Eve, and the dude's showing up to salt our, and shovel our sidewalk. I was just bewildered, and I was talking to him about it, and this is, what, this is what came out of his mouth. He told me, Adam, I can't believe it. I just get so much joy out of giving. I feel like it's crazy because I gain so much more than I give. Here's somebody who had achieved that higher perspective. Isaiah 55 describes this concept. This was the higher perspective of God this person had tapped into. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. My friend Randy had discovered that happiness is a byproduct of choosing God's desires over our own. I will never forget that simple act. The second thing that we gain is an understanding that we have something to offer. I think about the folks in our congregation who are, are in law enforcement, who are in education, who, who work in public health, and, and there's a long list I could make of, of these occupations. And, and I don't know if these people wake up and would describe what they go to do at work as ministry, but I definitely do. There are limitless ways to serve the people you come in contact every day. So please don't, don't limit this concept to just the two or three occupations I named. 
There are limitless ways to serve the people you come into contact with every day. Everyone has a unique gift to offer the world. And when we orient our lives around serving others, and when we have the confidence that God has given us something to contribute, we're reminded that to follow Jesus means for me to understand that I'll follow in his footsteps and do the things that Jesus did. I have a friend who's a nurse, and some of our conversations have, have been around the fact that you don't have to be a pastor to be in ministry. Right? You don't have to be a pastor to be in ministry. And she shared with me that as a part of her job, she had the opportunity to pray with a patient once. She had found out that this person was a pastor, and this was a big step for her. Uh, but she, she thought it's probably pretty safe to ask the pastor if I can pray with them before surgery here. She felt comfortable doing that. And when she offered to pray for them, this person was so moved, they told her it was the first time that anyone had offered to pray for them in a long, long time especially in a hospital. So imagine that. The nurse ministering to the minister. Now I'm not saying that you gotta tell the person at Quick Trip you'd like to pray for them, but she was open to that opportunity when it presented itself. And so maybe you should. Maybe you should. Friends, we each have something useful to offer and you sure don't have to be a pastor to be in ministry. And finally, friends, when we give, we gain the understanding of what matters most. We've said it throughout this series. It's not your work that brings happiness or your stuff or pursuing pleasure. We chase these things, but in the end, they do not make you happy. They don't matter in the end. Jesus told us the one thing that does. He said, strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Friends, it's a daily challenge to pick up our cross deny ourselves and follow Jesus. But when we do, we discover that givers gain. We discover this, this counterintuitive truth that when we take a, the focus off of me, when we slay the me monster, it's then that we're fulfilled. When we realize that happiness is a byproduct of choosing God's desires over our own, it's then we see that happiness is not only possible but that it can be ours through following Jesus and giving our lives away for his sake. And everybody said, amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather both here at, in person in our church, uh, in our homes, or wherever we find ourselves worshiping you this morning. God, we admit that we are sinful people and that the me monster lives and resides within us. God, we reach for happiness and, and contentment in all sorts of ways. We try and find it in places that are going to come up empty. So help your truth sink deeply in today. That if we want to have an abundant life, it starts with giving it away. It starts with following you and taking up our cross and denying ourselves. Help us to remember this. Help us to embody this. And give us the strength and the will to have our desires turn towards yours to choose what you would have us to do instead of focusing on ourselves. God, we ask that you help make this abundant life ours. 
through your son, Jesus Christ, in the gift of his life and death and resurrection. Amen.